the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. This is probably not the voice you expected to be hearing, but I'm Rachel Dory, and sitting across from me is the newest member of the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated Network, Mikey Stevens. Sir, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Rachel. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it, it felt really good to even hear you say that, so that's really cool. It's really cool. Things we love trending up. I'm amending our prep. We are starting with a plot point. Mikey's writing on the internet because we are about to be hearing from you. How often, sir? Tell us. At least once a day. (laughs) Seven days a week. 365, baby. It's... Uh, yeah, so like if Rachel didn't didn't bury the lead there, yeah, I'm I'm the new uh, breaking news um, contributor for the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. So basically, anytime breaking news happens, um, I will be hopping on to write an article about it and also do a video about it. And I will also be on all of the hockey news podcasts and videos and streaming and all that kind of stuff. It's I'm not gonna lie, it it uh it feels really good. The last couple months were tough. And it felt like I wasn't good enough to do this anymore. I was wondering if I still had a place in this uh, in this wild industry we call sports media. And then, you know, here we are. So and now Mikey has job. Yeah, which is which is great. I mean, at a really friggin cool place. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like it's this really is cool. Pretty cool shit. <laughs> It's pretty cool. So I'm I'm I will always be the second most qualified person on this podcast, but at least it won't the at least the the I guess the differentiation between the two of us won't be as much of a chasm as it was before. It's still a chasm, but it's not as much of one. So it's I mean, it's whether cool. or not you have a job or not, like you still bring a ton to this podcast. So well, like you. Mikey with job versus Mikey without job is still saying Mikey. It's just now he's actually being rewarded for all his hard work. And as his number one cheerleader, I, mm-hmm. for one, do not think they could have made a better hire. Frankly, Thank should you. have you should have been hired sooner. I was expecting you to go heal, Rachel. I was expecting you to go like, you know what? They made a glaring mistake. Yeah, this was terrible. I don't know what they were thinking. Sucks. Kidding. I know. Can you believe? Can you believe this guy? He's fucking. He's piece terrible. Of shit. I know. Can um, you believe? We it? should also clarify the podcast is not going anywhere. Oh um, no, no, no! This has yeah. I got a bunch of messages about that. No, this has <laughs> absolutely no bearing on the podcast. It's just in know. the future it may open some doors. We're not really sure yet, but as of right now, the podcast is not going anywhere. Y'all have still us. If anything, it will bring the podcast to new heights. That's like, that's all I can say is that if anything, the podcast won't be going anywhere. It might even be more prominent, but we'll see. Correct. Who knows what the future may bring? I think we Who also knows? joke that like the only way the podcast actually like goes anywhere, quote unquote, is when I potentially get told, okay, that's enough. 
Yeah, the only the only way the podcast ends is, is when Rachel gets hired to be the first female GM in NHL history and they go, you're not allowed to come on here and talk about your dating, your dating apps and <laughs> all this stuff. And I go, oh, darn. And then I just come on here on my own and talk a bunch of bullshit. And it's it's fantastic. About High School Musical. Oh, I w- look, if, if any of our listeners haven't haven't looked at, that, at these before i there are mm. if you search up my name in high school musical on the internet there was there are three two hour long reaction podcasts to each high school musical and you interviewed okay no that actually okay so do you want me to tell i'm gonna tell that story really quick because this is a great show we have we have playoff previews we have all that kind of stuff it's gonna be fantastic so what happened was so i love high school musical love it it's the best. It, 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 it's awesome. It, it makes you feel all warm inside. Correct. You know, I was listening to, I, you know, Rachel and I, it's funny. We both, we both now, Rachel copied my, my walking route um, yes. because it's beautiful. And, uh, and I'm going to show you where I get the real good pictures for the gram, by the way, um, someday. But and so as I was opposed list- to the absolute shit one that I posted. <laughs> Did you put, I haven't even checked it. I, I will, I will check that, but it's, no, it's funny. So I was listening to, like, I was literally listening to high school musical on, on my walk today because I can't run. Um, but anyway, so, um, what my friend, so my friend and I, Patrick, shout out Patrick Gallagher. He's awesome. Um, we, we would host, we would have this podcast a while back where literally we would just like talk about literally nothing. And, um, and, but we loved high school musical. So we would do high school musical reviews. Like we'd watch the movie and then we'd like give all of our thoughts about it. And they were two hours long. At least we did these with star Wars too. And, and so what happened was his, his sister, his younger sister is like a, a burgeoning influencer. Like she, she really wants to be part of that. So she's made a TikTok tagging the, the guy who plays coach Bolton in high school musical. So Troy's dad, um, and he's big on TikTok, just like doing the dances and stuff. And he was like, and she was like, come on this, come on their podcast. He was like, absolutely. Let's do this. And let's so we go. had, I know we had a standing date set up for it. And then we just never got around to it. So Man, we what? haven't yet, but we're going to, I think we ghosted coach Bolton. You. Okay. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't know, but wasn't my. I didn't set this up. It was him. So look, Patrick, if you're listening, you got to get Lindsay to to get this going because yeah, it's he seemed like a really nice guy. The fact that he was going to come on this podcast that we didn't promote or put any effort into whatsoever. (laughs) So (laughs) it was going to be great. But yeah, anyway, speaking of um, sports, that has to do with high school musical. Let's sprots. Let's hop into headlines, shall we? Um, yeah, because we're we're gonna fly through headlines and plot points because we are previewing every series, and you're damn right, this shit's gonna be fun. I'm technically the playoffs haven't fully started yet because the Leafs and Habs don't. You're listening to this on Tuesday, so they don't start for another two days. So we're 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 technically still in the, in the area where we can do playoff previews. Correct. It's not too crazy now. Um, all right, headlines: Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher, who have been out for months on end, um, they've been sent to AHL Laval. Uh, by the by the Montreal Canadiens on LTI conditioning loan. So smart. essentially to get them yeah, very smart to get them geared up. Uh Carey Price will play half the game. Brendan Gallagher, I'm assuming, will play all of the game, but maybe not a ton of minutes, just to kind of get the get the juices flowing, you know? The funniest part about this though, Rachel, is that the Leafs today made a made I I don't want to even call it a corresponding move because it's not. But they it, sent down yeah. this is not a corresponding move, but Habs fans took it as a corresponding move. As uh, they sent uh, so the Leafs sent down Matt Hollowell and forward the the real you know sort of bell of the ball here Scott Sabrin 
down. Now, Scott Sabrin is famously a goon. Um, ah. Nice guy, but he is mainly a goon. And so if you look at the tweet, like just listeners, a little fun exercise for you. Go to the tweet that, uh, by Leafs PR that sent this out and click quote tweets on it and read the the hilarity that ensues. Like, it's not that deep, guys. It's really not. They didn't do this on purpose. They did this because they had two players on their active roster or on their taxi squad to make themselves like cap eligible. Yeah, and then they and just they sent s- them back down. And like, they just, It yeah. is cap shenanigans and don't read. And like Scott Sabrin, by the way, I don't know who needs to hear this. Scott Sabrin's not playing in a Leafs playoff game for the love of God. No, but but we like people think not. that <laughs> people think that Scott Sabrin's gonna goon up Carey Price and Brennan Gallagher in this okay, he's AHL not Chris game. Crider, guys, no, he's, he's not, not gonna do like it's, no one. Now it would be kind of funny. Here's the thing: is like Laval playing Toronto. Like if Laval was playing anybody else, nobody would be thinking about this. But because those two teams no. are playing at the NHL level in the playoffs, anything if someone breathes on either of those two guys tonight they're gonna be like oh they 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 got told to do that it's literally not that deep no like they're there to get their legs under them brendan gallagher is obviously not going to be running around like a loon ball like he normally does and Mm -hmm. quite frankly if he does do that then he's going to deserve everything that comes to him right exactly they're just this is there you're you're there the purpose of a conditioning stint is to get your timing it is not to go fight people like Carey Price, like when Frederick Anderson went down, people weren't worried that people were going to be running him. So like there's a respect level that's there and you're not just going to run a guy because he's preparing for the playoffs, specifically not a guy that's coming off a concussion. Like guys are guys don't like each other. They're not that psycho. Like, but do you, do you know what sport we're talking about here? Like, like Tom it's, Wilson it's is not playing for the Marlies tonight, guys. Just everybody relax. Yeah, if he was, he'd score the first goal of the playoffs, uh, <laughs> which was a real was Notice a real uh, Sophie's choice there. But um, somebody else did. Yeah. Oh, and we're we're gonna get into that actually next. So Sam Bennett was suspended one game for boarding Tampa Bay's Blake Coleman. By the way, that Tampa Florida game, absolute banger. <laughs> I Fireworks. don't want seven of those. I want sixty nine of those. Uh, sixty nine, maybe even four twenty. Well, that's uneven. I that that's actually true, yeah. But it is the weed number. This is we true. have to remember that. We have to keep that into consideration. No, it's that but, game so was Sam one Bennett, of the best games I've watched in a very long time. It was fantastic. It was as Marty St. Louis put it. It was hockey at its highest level. That like is it, how that, you and I don't know who I forget who said this. Uh, oh, it was down goes Brown. That's the type of game that makes new fans. The stars are on display and we'll talk yep. about this in our preview, but like yep. the stars were unreal last night. There was hitting, there was meanness, but the entire crux of the game hinged upon how talented both teams were and they were at their very best last night, except for Sam Bennett who decided to to run a dude from behind, specifically Blake Coleman, which don't touch Blake Coleman. I like him. Um, yeah. And as I, I was talking with a few people and we all said, that's a terrible hit. Objectively. Yeah. Also a terrible hit. Ryan McDonough and Anthony Duclair. Yeah. There were yeah. probably opportunities to call 50 cross-checking penalties yesterday. Like, I think the... 
officials didn't realize the level of animosity that would be there and they did not call the game tight enough at the beginning to kind of mitigate the dangerous stuff. I'm all here for the intensity, but if you call a couple cross-checking penalties and boarding penalties in the first period, a lot of that stuff doesn't happen. I don't think any of us really sort of expected the amount of animosity that was going to be in this series. Like I like everyone well, was excited was for psycho. the all Flo- <laughs> oh. Yeah, everyone was excited for the all Florida series. Like I I was when I knew that we were getting the all Florida match. I'm like, "Hell yeah, first time in history." Like I think this was kind of destined both teams are are, you know, at their peaks. I didn't think I didn't expect these two teams to hate each other as much as they did. And that might be my ignorance for not watching as many games, but uh, in that division. But man, it was it was just an absolute blast. Now, here's the thing. You know what also was a bad hit? Tom Wilson grabbing a dude from, you know, by his hair, slamming him on the ground and then punching him. Did you see what Robin Letter said about that? No. What did he say? What did he say? Someone tweeted about like, um, is would you let Tom Wilson do that to you? And he goes, well, I don't have any hair for him to pull me down to the ice by. And I was like, (laughs) Robin Letter from the top rope. Yeah, well, I mean, I look. It's it, at this point for guys. It's it's either buzz cut or let it grow. Uh, because in quarantine, so it's. I mean, he he's obviously. Yeah, my brother's got this like mullet coming in, and it is not okay. Look, I, there have been some okay. moments where I've I've thought of going mullet. It's it, you and, will and not to be doing that. I, I know. I, I Rachel won't even let me. She no, will it'd be like. I will cut no, your hair. No, no yeah, sir. So like, I would but say no, this. Sam Bennett. The hit alone, isolate the hit alone, forget every other circumstance. We want to see suspensions for that kind of hit. Absolutely. The issue is we want to see suspensions for every hit that's like that. And there were about four of those in the game yesterday. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to suspend Sam Bennett, you need to suspend the other three dudes. It's also like for me personally, it's not about like, I I hate to go back to the Tom Wilson, but it's not about not suspending Tom Wilson in the moment. It's the precedent that's set precedent that that sets geez that's that's a lot of s's in one sentence that's actually I got a tripped c. up on that or a c sorry <laughs> a lot of s a lot of s sounds let's just put it that way okay phonetically Mrs. it is difficult to say mrs linguistics over here geez notice how i said how i made it that you're a missus as in you're married right things are going well right off the hop <laughs> which one is the one that which one of us had to shake off the cobwebs tonight it was it was Rachel. Anyway, um, <laughs> wow, we are on a was, roll here. We, it's it's great. It's it's chaotic energy. It's fantastic. But it's so the thing about that is like Tom, when they decided not to suspend Tom Wilson, when they gave him a five thousand dollar fine, literally everything that they've that they do after that is meaningless to me. Sam Bennett, yeah, it was a really bad hit, but. If a if pulling a guy by his hair to the ice without a helmet on and then punching him a bunch of times is worth five thousand dollars, then a, a, a one game suspension in the playoffs, which is, is as everyone which is everyone says, yeah, is a two game suspension. That's ridiculous. That makes no sense. And so, like, when it comes to fan base, like, let's say let's say for Leafs fans, let's just put it out there because I th- I feel like the majority of our listeners are Leafs fans. You go out there and I don't know. Trying to think of the Goonie, Wayne Simmons. This is Goonie, probably the Gooniest guy in the Leafs. Goes out and just absolutely murders Brennan Gallagher from behind. Really bad, really bad hit. Nazem Kadri's him, and he gets like a three game suspension, which is six games in normal. Or even go go last year where yeah, or two years two years ago where Nazem Kadri got rightfully suspended for, for the rest of the series. Jake absolutely. Like every Leaf fan watching that went, 
yes, that's a suspension. Oh my God. The second that that happened, I was, I, there's an article about I it. I said, I don't want to see him in the series anymore. After the that's f- what I said. I go, I don't want to see him anymore. After the first hit, I, there's an article that I wrote for, man, when I was working for, you know, my shame, my shameful past at Fanside, when I, Fanside when I was working there, um, like oh. there's an article, there's an article like, about that where I'm literally just like, Nazem Kadri deserved every game of his suspension and he did. But when you Correct. set a precedent by not by choosing to give a $5,000 fine to a repeat offender who like straight up commits like battery and assault, <laughs> like it's like, then it, it sets a weird precedent. I think it's precedent. a little different though. Yeah. And like, I think we'll probably go on from this, but like, yes, we should. I think hits versus like what Tom Wilson did wasn't a hit. That's like a completely different subsection of the rule book. And so when we're talking about evaluating DOPS, like should Sam Bennett have been suspended? Yes. However, Ryan McDonough yes, yes. did the same thing to Anthony Duclair and, and was not suspended. So for me, I think that's maybe a better comparison because the yeah. Tom Wilson thing wasn't even a hit. It was something completely different. We are talking about the same iteration of the rule if we apply Sam Bennett and Ryan McDonough and that wasn't even consistent. So I think to me, like, was suspending Bennett the right call? Yes. Okay, you got that right. Was suspending Ryan McDonough the right call? Well, you should have, and you didn't get that right, so now you're batting one for two. That's not good enough. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where I lay on it. Um, the Tom Wilson thing sets a precedent for after-the-whistle shenanigans. Mm. It doesn't necessarily set the precedent for hits. And I think, I mean, to be fair, now that they've suspended Bennett, I wonder if we'll see more suspensions for hits that look like that. But, I mean, I'm certainly not going to hold my breath. Do you feel like there's an overcorrection now? Like, I feel like no, there, not even a little bit. I don't know. There have been a lot of suspensions since that Tom Wilson thing happened. Like, a lot yep, of fines and still not enough. Yeah, but I mean, like... There'd be more than <laughs> there'd be more than usual. Like I've at least maybe it's an unconscious thing for me, but I've noticed it's a an lot under correction. I would say All like right. they are suspending. Congratulations. You're doing your job, but they're still not doing it enough. So you still get an F. No, for sure. No, a hundred percent. Like you get an A for not even an A for you get a C for effort and an F for actual things you did. Shout out to George anyway. Peros. In my words, the dumbest man who's ever gone to Harvard. All right. Haley Wickenizer is a doctor. And you shall refer a real, a real doctor. And you shall refer to her as such from now on. She officially was ordained as a doctor. I'm not sure if that's the actual term for it, but she was, she was given her wings. She was given her wings. She was knighted as a doctor. She is. She, I mean, she, honestly, she should be knighted. She's like, Dame Haley Wickenheiser. Dame Dr. Haley Wickenheiser. Um, yeah. sh- Dr. Haley Wickenheiser is the only way oh. I will be referring to her ever again. No, like you, that's the only way. And you, legally, that's unless she specifically says, "Do not just, in a hockey context to do that." Like the, but like otherwise, it is doctor. She earned it. The, the, like legally, you're supposed. I my mom told me this story a while ago, where as a, as a like a young kid, <laughs> this is the, probably the most not petty, but I'd say like the most like extra thing I've ever heard. Where their neighbor, um, like at, you know, back in the day when anyone could afford a house, I guess, just got out of there, got a you know got their doctorate i guess so they officially was given their wings and i remember their kids were playing Wait, like md or phd md like like uh, okay that's not yeah that's your medical degree yeah like a, like she they, your doctorate is what i would have if i went 
like back to school for my PhD. They became a doctor, like their name, like okay, my so mom's they had got their MD okay. or like their DDS, yeah, one yeah, of those, like dentist doctor. And so whatever. the kid, like my mom and my aunt, were as like maybe the eight years old or something. They were playing outside in the street, as you know, that's the only thing kids could do back then, and like that. I think it was a man, so he came out and he like essentially was telling them like I got my doctorate now, so you have to call me a doctor. <laughs> Okay, that's... And that story no, has stuck you. with me. But, hey, man, if I... Look, if I got my... No, you're not walking down the street telling people that. If I got my doctorate, I would I would 100% be pulling all the neighborhood children and be like, hey, <laughs> call me a doctor. But anyway, no one's... You see, I, I'm the opposite. Like, if I get my PhD, I, that, like, I will not... That will not be a thing. Even when I teach... Like, when I teach at York now... Mm-hmm. You're supposed to refer to, like, your professors as, like, professor or doctor if they have a PhD, right? Yeah. I, I straight up opened all every single one of my classes with, you are to call me Rachel. Do not call me Miss. Do not call me... In an email, yes, but I do not do not use the word professor. I don't, like, I just, for me, I, I don't like it. Rachel, I'm just telling you right <laughs> now, if you ever get your phd i am going that's the only thing i'm gonna call you that is the, it'll be the doctor and grad it will podcast. literally be the doctor it will be the doctor and grad or people are saying i'm like even though you also have a job people are saying i'm now the staff of the staff of graph podcast yeah did people forget i have <laughs> Rachel's a job got a job like what the fuck are you talking about i have two yeah like come on she's got two full-time jobs man. anyway um no one's ever okay so Haley wickenheiser yeah. dr Haley wickenheiser no one's had a better week or i yeah no one's had a better week than Haley wickenheiser because she a glow up she a got her doctorate it's hard to glow up from being like the best Canadian women's <laughs> hockey player of all time, but no, 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 not best Canadian. Best, sorry, Take the, Canadian the best women's hockey player of all time. My apologies. Yeah. So she got her doctorate. She got her wings, and also she got promoted to by the Leafs to senior director of player development. So she oversees the entire direct oh. player. She's basically what's what uh, um, Scott Pellerin was. She reports directly to Kyle. Yeah. Which is, I mean, as about as high as you can get when it comes to a hockey job. That is as high as you can get for player development. 100%. So they elevated her to, yeah. to that role, senior director. And so essentially what the story is, they asked her to bring on number two. And she brought on Danielle Goyette as director of player development. Now, Danielle Goyette was the head coach of the University of Calgary's women's hockey program since 2007. Rachel knows her, so she's going to talk in length about her. But I just want to point out that it is unbelievably cool unbelievably rad and and all about we talk all the time about putting your money where your mouth is and walking the walk instead of just talking the talk the Leafs the the premier hockey organization have three women in either direct in director roles or higher now and they're in their player they have two women they're two like figureheads of player development are women incredible Rachel tell me all you you can know about Danielle Goyette Okay, so my younger brother played hockey, and one of the he played hockey with a kid who was the son of Jackie Palm, and Jackie Palm used to be like the head of the Double IHF officiating on the women's side, and her best friend is Danielle Goyette. So I would go to games, and I was this was like before I got hired in hockey. Like yeah. this was uh, for me, this was grade eleven, twelve, and first two years of university. Um, where I really started to like figure it out. And because I knew that Jackie knew so much about hockey and Jackie was always so nice to me, I would always sit 
and watch the games with Jackie mm-hmm. because I would learn so much. And like almost every game, what I eventually figured out yeah. was Danielle Goyette was there. And so I would sit with Jackie and Danielle and we would talk about like hockey, but in the context of the game that we were watching and like, I would learn things and then Danielle would be like, so like I would say something or I'd ask a question, then Danielle would explain it in the, in like this way more she would explain it broadly but then she would explain it super narrowly and then how it could be applied and like to be fair like a lot of the stuff I learned in those four years came from Danielle and Jackie because they would go like not all the time because Danielle was obviously busy (laughs) um she might be just a little bit yeah like she wasn't in Calgary uh at this particular time like there was a time where she was like the head of the program, but not behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she would go on the ice, like a couple times the coach like invited her on the ice, which to me, like if you have Danielle and Jackie at your disposal, only having them on the ice twice is not acceptable. Like you should literally, anytime they offer, the answer should be yes. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so like my brother, I remember like he came home from practice once. I actually picked him up um, and he was like, oh my God, like, Danielle came on the ice today and I learned this and this and this and she taught me how to skate with it differently and I was like holy crap like this kid is so excited that he was on the ice and I'm like I said to him I go Michael do you know who that is and he goes no I go she plays for team like she used to play for team Canada like at the Olympics and his face he was like <gasps> it's the coolest thing in the world to be around like, someone like that immediately Right. But she was just like kind of quiet in the corner. She like never said anything. But whenever like I would go up to her um, or we would like sit and chat, like she just imparted all this knowledge on me. And if she imparts literally a quarter of the knowledge she did on me to these players, they are like in the best hands because she has like clients already. Like Braden Point is her client or was her client. I don't know He's if that's pretty good right? anymore. Uh, yeah, he's not bad. Um, but yeah, she, she did like Calgary based stuff. And I know that, um, she's going to be a little bit here now because like Dr. Wickenheiser has doctor stuff to do because LOL, she's <laughs> also a doctor. Stuff. Um, so Danielle is going to be doing a ton of that. And, uh, Daryl Belfry got elevated, which to mm-hmm. me, like the more Daryl Belfry, the better. Oh my God. So yeah. the fact that like Dr. Haley, Danielle, and Daryl are going to be collaborating because I've I've worked with Daryl and I've had the pleasure of of doing stuff with Danielle. I've I've spoken with Dr. Haley quite a bit. Um, Like that whole sharing of ideas and perspectives is going to be so good. And if this were any other team, I'd be lauding them for this hire because to me, like it was whenever someone would ask like, who's kind of a player developed like an outside of the box hire that mm-hmm. you would do. She was always the first name that would come up for me. We always talk about outside the box. Like I was talking about on last podcast. And she's not even like outside the box. She's no. a friggin' legend. She's, she's like a, she is a hockey lifer. Like she's been an Olympic player. She, she, you know, is, is running a Canadian university team, which, you know, we talk, we give a ton of undeserved airtime to a volunteer coach for a Canadian. She's like a four time gold medal, a three time gold medalist, something like that. Even if she was a one time gold medalist, <laughs> it wouldn't even, if she was a gold medal game, Game also, participant. probably should point out in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Is she? Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, her playing career got her in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So like, ah, uh, she like she, she might this, know what this, she's talking. She about. knows her shit. Yeah, it's what I love is like 
Hey, I, you know, I'm tempted here to say, like, you know, regardless of gender, like, this is such a big, a big deal. But, like, it does matter that there are two extremely competent and powerful women, like, heading up this, you know, the, the player development division of the premier hockey and they organization. Have, uh, they also have Dr. Megan Popovich. Yeah. Who handles, like, uh, sports psychology, mental right? performance. Yeah. Yeah, mental performance. And so, like, she handles everything from the NHL team right on down to the, the prospects. And, like, we had Amy Kimball, like, Dr. Amy Kimball uh, in New Jersey. And you could just tell, like, her perspective on things, um, like, super important. Oh, 100%. It's, so, it's, so, sports are yeah. so mental. This is, this is such a great move, like, to bring these two people up here. Like, it's, it's, we talk about outside the box kind of hires and yes i would say somewhat these are outside the box just because i guess a they're not men and also b they're not what <laughs> is a doctor one is a doctor but i mean they're they've both performed at the highest possible level they can like if, if a player imagine just like taking a puck in the teeth or something like you hurt yourself while on the ice and it's just like hold please we're just going to do a quick evaluation i just want to think like, of like imagine having the ability to do that like i just want to think of like a leafs prospect who like gets too big for their britches and like you know like Haley wicken like, yeah Haley wickenizer tries to like deconstruct their skating strategy like whatever like i got here and she just like turns him he's like i'm Haley fucking wickenizer okay yeah i'm the goat <laughs> So maybe shut up and listen to me. And like, there's nothing you, you can just say skate about on that. the ice with an actual goat head on. Exactly. There's nothing you can say to that. It's, it's amazing. All right. Anyways, moving on to plot points. What is trending up and trending down in the NHL today? Trending up and, and decidedly up is overtime playoff games. The sweetest, sweetest drug on the market. Um, three. Oh, I love they're incredible. Overtime. Three out of the we four. robbed of overtime in the Florida Tampa game. I know it was. Goddamn Braden, goddamn Braden Point having to score with goddamn Danielle Goyette client. I know. I blame Danielle. That's that's name of the podcast. I blame Danielle. Um, (laughs) But so three out of the four games, uh, playoff games that have been played, which, by the way, there are four playoff games that have already happened and the Leafs do not play for another three days. So and and by the time you hear this, there will be another three that have occurred. Terrific. Just galaxy brain stuff here. We're getting that in our next plot point. Don't worry. Um, three out of the four playoff games that have played so far have gone to OT, and all four have been decided by one goal. This is about this is like this is this is what the NHL should be promoting. This is exactly this is like I'm trying to think of a of a way to describe it. This is like the purest distilled NHL playoff hockey. It is exciting. It is entertaining. It is high stakes. It is so close. The margins for error are so small. I mean, I'm, I'm having a blast watching this. Oh, I, I've loved it so far. Um, like, there hasn't been a bad game yet. And to me, like, that kind of speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, normally, you have, like, some duds kind of to open up. There hasn't been a single bad game. And, and, Honestly, like we'll get into this when we when we do the previews because yeah. we've got to get there. Um, but yeah, to me, I, I I'm never you're never gonna hear me complain about overtime. Oh my god, never. All right, trending down. I suspect though that we will get less overtime uh, tonight, which is St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville, Carolina, and Boston, Washington. Yeah, yeah, I I, I have a feeling too. All right, trending down. The NHL's ability to create a playoff schedule, as we mentioned <gasps> before. The North Division, there is, the regular season isn't even over yet. Like, it's... Yeah. The fact that we still have regular season games while these exciting, like, meaningless regular season games. I was talking to someone yesterday who's in media, and uh, 
we were watching like Florida Tampa and then I I texted him and I was like so are you ready for Calgary Vancouver and he goes you could not pay me to watch that game no I want to know what the ratings are for these I want like I there were Vancouver fans that didn't even watch that game I what I I mean like literally think about this I was why are we doing this what like why are they doing this what well, I, I mean, they're doing it because of sponsorships and, like, the TV deal and all that. But what possible... But why are we pushing the schedule? I don't know. What possible, like, motivation would you have? You're a Canucks fan or you're a Flames fan. What possible... You're a player. Yeah, you're a player. But, like, I'm thinking about from a fan perspective here real quick. Like, what possible motivation could you have to sit down and dedicate three hours of your night to watching these games? They're meaningless. They tell you nothing. The players are going at half speed. It... it like, this is the epitome of meaningless. What possible... I, I don't understand. Okay, so you know me. I'm essentially, like, a factory. Like, when we were talking about doing prep, I was just like, name me the series. I don't need anything. Like, yeah. I will go off the top of my head. I could not tell you what the score... Not even, like, not the final score. Who's, I could not tell you a single thing about the Vancouver-Calgary game last night, other than the fact that it went to overtime, and that was only because I woke up to a text to saying oh my god we have to watch an overtime version of this too that's the only reason i know it went to overtime i could not even tell you what the final score was that's how little i care do you want me to tell you what the save percentages of both goalies were oh good was it was it under <laughs> 800 so J- jacob markstrom stopped uh, 30 of 35 shots for an 857 save percentage and brandon holpe stopped 30 of 36 <laughs> shots for an 833 save oh. percentage it was a 6-5 overtime tough. game now that would seem like it'd be a fun time like that but because I'm not watching that. there are no stakes <laughs> because there are no like it is a, it is as like we said as meaningless as you can possibly get and we are pushing yeah. the premier when it comes to canadian rights holder revenue we're pushing yeah. that like you're asking just quickly like you're asking um these players who are actually playing in the playoffs to condense their schedule and therefore give, putting them at a disadvantage unless like if both teams sweep or go five games then they'll probably be on par with some teams that go seven let's say like the wild in vegas yeah um but if they go seven then you're gonna ask them to play a condensed schedule and quite frankly considering how tough the playoff games are you're putting them at injury risk and it is not that's not okay and so for me like these games have no bearing on the playoffs and so there is no reason that they can't just play by themselves and you know what? If it conflicts, it conflicts. Um, nobody's watching them anyways. And so the the like we're not preserving the sanctity of the game um, because they literally aren't playing anybody. Like Calgary, as soon as that happened, they were like, Sean Monahan's having surgery. He's not playing anymore. Um, Vancouver played like four rookies or something like that, I heard. Like this is totally unnecessary. Anyways, let's. Yeah. And speaking of Vancouver. Yeah, speaking of the Canucks, trending down is the likelihood that Jim Benning returns in Vancouver. Now, I didn't actually listen to this 31 Thoughts podcast today. Um, I was busy with my job. But uh, 30, apparently there is a huge issue with consumer confidence for them. I did see the quotes on it. Essentially, um, Aquilini is considering dumping Jim Benning because he's no longer sellable to the fan base. Now, I love that no longer sellable. Sir, he was not sellable from the beginning of this season. Like He wasn't sellable like, um, for like the last three years <laughs> like, yeah. like he their team made the playoffs by accident on the yeah. back of jacob markstrom and then did well 
but the second they lost Tyler Toffoli and Jacob Markstrom, everyone went and Chris Tanev. out, and, gone. And Josh like, Levo. No, but like I'm talking like the big two, yeah. right? And and then he was like, no, like we're bringing him back, bring him back. And then like three people chartered planes to fly over his house to say fire Benning. Like if there were fans in the building, one of two things would be happening. Oof. One, people would not show up and they would lose revenue. That's a problem. That's more likely two, in Vancouver. Um, the people that do show up would be chanting fire Benning very similar, if not exactly like the Leafs fans did with fire Wilson. So it, it would yeah. probably, to be fair, it would probably be way worse because the people in Vancouver are ruthless. It reminds me a lot of what Burke was talking about with Ron Wilson reset. It would be inhumane to make Ron Wilson coach another game in the ACC af- with what those yeah. fans were saying. And with Benning, like, look. This guy's already been like stalked in a grocery store. He he can't even walk out of his house without a plane flying over saying you're not good but at your job. They even said like they even said um if Benning returns, like there are likely to be changes. Like sometimes like they've offered extensions to some scouts, but like um bringing back like the Vancouver-based guys that worked in Florida. So, um Cam Lawrence, Josh Weisbach, Reese Jessup, yeah. like you know what? And, and, and I saw this today. Yes, I would like to hire the three people that found Duclair, Marcia, So, and Verhage combined for less than Tyler Myers. Yes, please bring those people. So I think I think whether Benning stays or not, there is definitely uh, some insane consumer um, hesitancy here. I mean, 100% agree with that. Like, it's... I don't know, man. I, I just find it so wild that... <laughs> That they allow, like, this This guy has been a dead man walking for so long, and they let him sign, like, this This reminds me so much of, like, an Edmonton-type scenario where they knew that this guy was a dead man walking, like Peter Shirelli, and they let him sign the Koskinen contract, and that's just really cap-strapping them right now. And it's the same thing with this, like, they let him give, they let Jim Benning give a meaningless extension to Tanner Pearson, of all people. You know, like, like a couple months before, they're probably going to let him go. And there's another thing, too, where it's like, why are you making decisions based on consumer confidence here? Like, why are you making decisions based on, based on fan output? Because yeah, you know, like because they pay, I mean, that's true. But at the same time, like there's, there's that, uh, there's that famous quote where it's like, if you start listening to the fans, you're going to be sitting with them. But the the difference, the difference is, is the owner is not sitting with them. And the, what a lot of people don't know is the difference between the Leafs fans and the Vancouver fans is Leaf fans will bitch and complain. But they'll still pay for the season tickets because of the prestige associated with them. I heard from someone in Vancouver that over a thousand people in a 15,000 seat building have canceled their season tickets. That is a problem. Holy shit. Really? That's a lot of money, guys. God, that is. Anyways. Wow. And the final. We have to get to playoff previews. We do. Our final trending down is the existence of Mike's depression beard after today because thank God your boy's got a job. And I just oh thought, you know what, God. what's the point? But now finally I'm going to be a chair of face little boy once again. And it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to miss it. You know, people, so I, I'm not, some, <laughs> I've gotten some feedback from some people saying they like it. So, you know, it's, I am not one of those people. <laughs> I know. Like, you I know don't you look don't like terrible, it. but you look better. Clean shit. <laughs> there are people okay. that look, better with a beard yeah i'm not one of those people i know i'm not one of those people you are yeah 
No. The members of the Lee Side Flames that I know are not people. (laughs) Well, at least I can grow one. I don't think the the other one that you are talking about. No, he can can grow grow a really weird mustache, and I did not like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like I've I'm I've been told that I have good facial structure, and so when I when I'm clean shaven, at least that allows it to to come out. Yeah, which is good. Um, All right. So yeah, finally we're back to the the world of the living, which is great. And and goodbye, depression. All right, now before we hop into our deep dive, which is playoff previews, baby. Quick word from our sponsor. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business, and it's customized to your needs. You get a great-looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend Aaron called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten. W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. All right, Rachel, the playoffs are upon us. And like I said, because they technically haven't fully started yet because of the North Division, we're still in the clear to do our playoff previews despite Yeah, and we're not going to spend 10 minutes on each team. We no. do not have time for that. It'll be like three-ish minutes per series. There's not enough to say on for 10 minutes on each series, to be compl- completely honest. So let's, let's hop into it right let's off fly. the bat. Bruins Capitals. Now, we had a very, very interesting... Uh, first game it was first of all this is the hatred series oh oh my god these well every series is turning into the hatred series it's no but this is the hatred like this is this season they have history oh 100 percent when tom wilson hospitalized brandon carlo oh i forgot that was the other person uh tom wilson tried attempted murder on yeah yeah okay no very cool very cool um totally normal behavior uh absolutely so the, the Caps, they won 3-2 in overtime. They're up, obviously, one nothing in the series. The Bruins are, I believe, Jeremy Lozon is out, so they're bringing Connor Clifton tonight. You right. sent me a very odd sort of thread 
today that I barely decided to read about just the unhinged <laughs> reality of being a Bruins. Okay, so could I explain this quickly? Please do. Please do. Okay, so the Bruins actually, I thought they played pretty well. Like, I thought that was a pretty even game, but they did squander an opportunity. Like, Craig Anderson, who is starting game two, um, which is happening, like, as we record this, um, is the third string guy. Technically would have been the fourth string guy because everyone forgets um, the cap signed Henrik Lundqvist, which I'm sure they'd rather have in net right now. Um, But Sam Sonoff is in deep shit. Vitek Vanacek somehow pulled his groin just making a routine save, which, I mean, not a very good look. Um, and really? so you've got Craig. Yeah, that, the, can, can, the, circumstances, the circumstances surrounding that, I'm not going to blame him because that shit happens, mm-hmm. but on a routine save, you should not be injuring yourself like that untouched if you're any player. Like, you should not be injuring yourself on a routine play like that. So are we going to um, talk about the Kelly Rudy quote then? No, we are not. We don't okay. have time. Okay. Um, so I thought that Bruins kind of squandered an opportunity. They had 23 shot attempts that missed the net. Like, you can't have that. Um, but to me, like, I, I still think the Bruins end up coming out on top here, especially with the goaltending situation. Um, I thought Rask played well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, to be fair, like that... Washington just kind of got some bounces there and that that's what the playoffs are about and I think the Bruins will come back and 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 they'll be a lot better um but yeah so essentially that thread the Bruins lose game one and they took radio like callers on the radio in Boston and it was everything from like Rask has to go Pasternak is a problem like some other dudes got to sit like basically the only guy that was free of any slander was Patrice Bergeron for like very obvious reasons. Do not say a bad thing about him or I'll hunt you down. Um, but like we say that Leaf fans overreact. And to be fair, my pinned tweet is like, everybody settle the fuck down. I don't want to hear about minutia. And people in Boston are like completely unhinged talking about trading David Pasternak, like chill, chill. He's probably going to end up the leading scorer in the series. Relax. To be fair, though, to be fair, like, if the Leafs, it's it's not the same underdog scenario here, but the Leafs, like I've said, uh, we made a bet. If the Leafs get bounced in round one, if they get bounced in this, I will I will record every further episode of this podcast dressed as the Joker. Right, but if you playoffs. come on here after game one. Yeah. And, in and full say, Joker makeup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you come on here after game one where they lose, like, I'm you're going to do this podcast by yourself on for Friday's episode because that is insane. So, I mean, it's not like we've known Boston people to be the most level-headed individuals. Also, shut up your city has had like a billion championships in the past 5 years. I don't want to hear about it. Um They they don't deserve like if you I don't I like I don't care. But anyways, like I think it's going to be a a good series. Um it's going to apart from uh Tampa, Florida, probably the most nasty one. And that is my preview for that. Yeah, I think I think the Caps are a deeper team. I think obviously the Bruins have the goaltending. I yeah, I think so. I think okay, yeah, they're deeper everywhere but in net. Yeah, they have the I was gonna say the the Bruins have obviously have I mean, we're talking about 40 year old Craig Anderson here. Like, yeah, the Bruins And, and then Tuka Rask, who is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and also what like I know we've asked this question a bunch of times, but like what is it with Bruins fans hating Rask? I don't even want to go down that road. They are nuts. It's, they are nuts. It's remarkable. It's yeah. remarkable. Um, Penn's Isles. Penn's Isles. This is... Um, okay. 
I'm not even going to bring, and we're not tweeting it out, and I'm not even going to name who wrote it or the publication because I don't want anyone reading it. If you come out and say that Sidney Crosby is not a good hockey player anymore, you are stupid. End of, like, I... That is not a discussion. Yes, it was written that he, this is his, his final act and that his time in Pittsburgh needs to be up because he's no longer bringing the goods anymore. It was the single most stupid thing I've ever read. And so that is incorrect, wildly incorrect. He literally scored a one handed deflection yesterday, which was incredibly ridiculous. Um, Kyle Palmieri's. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just Mike's trying to react. Like, Excuse me. I'm just trying to, to. I didn't see this on Twitter, so good. You just, just, just be happy that you didn't. Okay. You're just wow. gonna trust me on that one, all right? I'm gonna trust As your you best on that friend. One. Um, remember when Kyle Palmieri was traded, and I said when people were jumping on that trade and saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, look, it hasn't turned out." What happened in game one? Uh, Kyle Palmieri scored uh, twice, including yeah. the overtime winner. He had a, a good game, if you will. Uh, he was, first of all, that shot, like, as lucky as mm-hmm. it was, to have the presence of mind to put it, th- like, to, to just do that. Yeah, it, remarkable. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, you're, I can Kyle obviously Paul tell. Kyle Palmieri is, first of all, he's fantastic in the regular season, so, like, I don't even want to hear about it. He had a down year this year. Kyle Palmieri was our best player in New Jersey in the playoffs. Like, he does things in the playoffs that he just doesn't do in the regular season. Like he's more active defensively. Mm -hmm. uh, He's more physical on pucks and it turns into scoring chances. And game one, Bob's your uncle. We've got two goals out of it. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I like the Penguins and I would love to see Sidney Crosby score 80,000 points just to ram it down the dude who wrote that column's throat. But um, I think that the Islanders are the better team here um it's specifically a in goal it's a real shame whoa, that, that was okay. not good from tristan jari yesterday so one thing we have to remind ourselves too is that just one just one fleeting season ago tristan jari got a fifth place heart vote do you remember that do you remember a couple seasons ago when um they traded what is likely to be this year's Vesna season winner in favor of Matt Murray and then traded Matt Murray in favor of Tristan Jari and now have neither of them. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I'm actually that looking at a, a poor choice. And then I'm looking at a gif of Marc-Andre Fleury making one of the most ridiculous saves I've ever seen. So we'll oh, get which into that. One? Because he, and we'll get to this. He made like 18 of them. I know he's, he's, he was on some shit. He, that, on that, man, that man is absurd. All right. We got Tampa and so, Florida. So yeah, I take. I, I'm gonna take the Isles. Isles. How many games? I think that's a long series. Like I think it's I think seven. seven. Wow. All right. Now I would love that to goes see that. because the Pens are missing Malkin, and that's a big yeah. problem. If Malkin is back, because he was actually uh, injured for the playoffs. <clears throat> Tampa, I'm looking at you. <laughs> We're gonna get into that in this um, next one. That'll be a problem. Now, if Malkin comes back and him and Crosby just decide they're going to go banana pants, then like, yeah, we, that's a toss up. All right. Tampa, Florida. Now, you know, we've already kind of weighed in on this a little bit. Now, I, I want to I want to touch on the 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 Kucherov sized elephant in the room first. Where did they get him? He seems to be pretty good. He's, you know, co- college free agent. He was going. Weird, uh, 
he was going to the university of fuck your cap and uh just decided by the way can we just say like this shit exists because the nhl allows it to exist and good on tampa for being like listen if you're gonna allow it we're gonna do it Tampa's roster, so Tampa's actual like, like I don't lineup. have an issue with what they did. No. I have an issue with the system. Tampa's lineup that they're icing for game one of the playoffs. Keep in mind the NHL salary cap is eighty one point five million dollars. Tampa's lineup <laughs> that they are icing for game one of the of the that they iced for game one of the NHL playoffs is over a hundred million dollars. It is a hundred and two million dollars. <laughs> it is a hundred and two. I and I they managed inca- incredible. Think that maybe. Maybe we need to have a discussion about the NHL cap in general because everyone is yelling and screaming about Kucherov on LTIR and correctly so because he was very clearly ready prior to and so clearly I mean I spoke to enough people with knowledge to know that he was ready like oh my god it's not a thing but it's also not fair that Vancouver is having to pay a cap recapture penalty yeah. On Roberto Luongo, the NHL approved the contract. You're not allowed to retroactively go back and be like, oh, actually, no, I changed my mind and now you have to pay. No, you approve the contract because you're a silly goose. And so why, like, there are so many things. LTIR is probably the biggest elephant in the room, but there are so many things with how the NHL does this cap that it's it's really fucking stupid. And so you know what? Everyone, I would say, has, like, the right to be upset that Tampa did this because, like, let's call a spade a spade here. What Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks did the year they won the Cup was bullshit. Yeah. Um, what Tampa did here with Stamkos and Kucherov was BS. And, mm-hmm. and like Dom said, he goes, if the rule is there, you should be able to do it. However, that's planted bullshit and we probably shouldn't allow it. But as long as it's allowed... Smart GMs, bold enough GMs should do it. If it violates the spirit of the game, then change the fucking rule. I don't know what to tell you, but while it's allowed, good on Tampa for doing it. They use a rule to their advantage. They should be congratulated for that. Oh my God. Absolutely. Like, look, the NHL made this mess. Like the, like, yeah, like you said, the NHL made the parameters that they were, like that they forced their teams to kind of exist within. So you can't get mad at these teams. Like, first of all, the NHL is the only league without a hard, uh, with a hard cap. They're the only league with a hard cap. The MLB has none. They have a luxury tax. The, the, the NBA has a soft cap, you know, and uh, the, and the NFL has, has a hard cap, but there's restructuring. There's contract contract restructuring that's allowed in there. I like that. I like that too. Imagine if you're able to do that. Imagine how mu- how many headaches would be alleviated if you're able to go to Louis Erickson and restructure his contract, or able to go to, to Tyler Myers and restructure his contract, something like that. But, I also like luxury tax though because it allows me like too. we talk about like parity and whatever, but it also brings way more revenue like to the league. And I don't think you're gonna have the poor owners complaining if they're lining their mo- pockets with money because let's face it, like that's exactly what they're doing. Hundred percent. And when I had Adam Wild on here too, we were talking about cap accelerators past the uh for the trade deadline. Like all right. that it would be fantastic. Now Tampa they like Okay, let's talk about the series. <laughs> they played they played the game and they won. So yeah, I I mean look, it's <laughs> obviously Kutra, gonna be I put because I'm just like I, I knew it was going to happen. I put fi- like this. Normally I'll put like $5 on a guy to score. 
I put $50 on Nikita Kucherov to score because it was these like the slam dunk of the century that got like they circumvent and use LTIR the way that they're allowed to. This guy comes back and lo and behold, not only scores once, he scores twice and has an assist. So you have three points. A full rested Nikita Kucherov him to score it was hilarious i was howling it was so funny but i think like i still think that's going to be a sick series i would really appreciate it if joel quenville did not play sergey Bobrovsky because that significantly hampers the odds that it will be a seven game series because he sucks he does but it is going to be tampa like it's especially with sam bennett suspended Tampa's going to win it. I like you're right. I hope I hope to god we get 7 games of the series. Like if if there is Anything a god less out there. Is a crime. Personally, I, is, I will yeah. be wronged. I will be personally wronged if if it is not 7 games. If there is a god out there, please please give us 7 games of this, but you know, uh, hopefully there it's hopefully It's going to be amazing and I think the reason it's it's going to be amazing is because both teams have legitimate stars. Jonathan Huberdeau in game 1 was like just doing things. Yeah. Um, like my, you know, the gif of like the genie when his jaw like drops and mm-hmm. extends when he made that pass to Owen Tippett, that's exactly what happened. Like I actually screamed out loud and given the amount of hockey I watch, it takes quite a bit for me to be like, Oh my God. Um, and, and so he was fantastic. Then you've got like the litany of stars on Tampa that we don't even need to discuss because there are too many of them. Um, and so like you've got this combination of like really high end talent, but also like deep hatred. And yeah. that is everything you want. You want superstars, but you also want hatred. And like, we'll kind of get to this in Toronto, Montreal. There are superstars on one side and then there, there is hatred. But you need superstars on both sides. And yeah. this series has that. I'm looking for... because this I is think the, This the is, be, is going to be the best series of the first yeah. round. Bar I think, none. I think this is the biggest stage he's been on. I'm looking, I'm looking for the come out game. Like the... You know, the, the, the game that launches him from like most underrated player to like an actual superstar of Sasha Barkov. I want him to... He was to, good in game one. He was good, he was but really I want I want to see him come out and friggin' be a game breaker. Like, like because Yeah, so for me, I, I think Bobrovsky can't play anymore. Like, I think you got to go with Drieger or Knight. But they're not um, going to. I would, I would go with Drieger. Uh, Joel Quenville, I think maybe Bobrovsky gets one more, and if he's not good, even if they win, they will go with Drieger. Um, because that guy's about winning. He does not, like... He's about winning. Um, but why did they start Bobrovsky then, if they're about winning? I guess he felt that the experience and the fact that he, there is this kind of weird notion that because Bobrovsky was the goalie that beat Tampa in that four ah, series sweeps that he might be in their head. He's clearly not in their head. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Like, clearly they don't give a shit about him anymore. All right. The cool, we, Rachel came up. I, I didn't even notice this. I didn't Ra- come up with this. Carolina oh. social media did. Oh, okay. Well then cool. It's the NASCAR series. It's the Nashville, Carolina uh, series. And they used the NASCAR graphic. It was sick. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic. Even NASCAR idea. was like, "Good job." Were they? Did they? Did yeah, NASCAR, NASCAR tweeted and they were like, "Excellent." All right, there we to go. Fact, they were like, "We see you." Um, Nashville, Carolina, um, is happening tonight. I mm-hmm. don't think it's a secret what team I am rooting for. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like, do I think Nashville will win? 
No, I do not. Mm-mm. I think Carolina potentially may end up in the cup final. So yeah. I do not think that Nashville wins. However, if UC Soros continues on his 940 save percentage of the past month and a half, it could be, it could be interesting. Um, we'll but see. But to me, like, uh, Victor Arvidsson is back. Yep. Jacob Slavin's um, taking warm-ups right now, apparently. So, Man, that guy, like, I'm sorry, but we're talking about Connor McDavid being, like, the unanimous Hart Trophy winner. Jacob Slavin is going to be on people's Norris boats and did not take a single stick infraction penalty the entire season. He took one penalty the whole year, and it was a delay of game penalty. That's insane for a guy who plays this the This guy is one of the does? best defensemen in the entire league. Elliot Freeman's like he's on my Norris trophy ballot, and he took one penalty, and it wasn't even a legitimate infraction. Not even, like, accidentally? Like, your stick and doesn't just... Is- like remarkable. And he's like one of those guys. The difference between Jacob Slavin and like a lot of other defensemen is he's not a guy that gets away with the NHL standard. Of he just doesn't do it. He just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. So like for me, getting Jacob Slavin back would be massive. But like they, he's taking warm right now. wasn't great in the playoffs. No. Um. So I think this will be a test for him. Um. I think Aho is kind of the the engine there um but like Aho, Teravine, and Shvetch like they're gonna need them to perform um to have a chance to go on a run here but I think in this series like it probably ends up 4-1 or 4-2 Carolina um I think it'll be 4-1 like I I I don't think this is a fair series it really does depend on UC Soros yeah He's the X factor, obviously, but I mean, Carolina is just so deep, and Nashville like just barely scraped into the playoffs here. Nash- uh, Carolina, Carolina rolled out in their last game. Carolina rolled out like their AHL defense core, and it was still better than like ten NHL teams. They're a fa- they're a factory. It's nuts. All right, Vegas and Minnesota. You no one would think. Maybe a, a calendar year ago, no one would think that this would be the like one of the most entertaining series. And yet here we are with Minnesota as a high flying, you know, high octane team led by Kirill the Thrill. And although it was a one nothing overtime victory, that that's probably sick. That was probably the most entertaining game with only one combined goal in it. Marc-Andre Fleury took that game over. I mean, this is, keep in mind, last, like, a year ago in the playoffs, this guy's agent tweeted out a a, a, oh a God, picture yeah. of, of him getting stabbed with a sword that was labeled the coach's name. And yet here he is a year later in the playoffs standing on his head. They lost, unfortunately, but it was as good of a performance as you can put up in a loss. I would say this, they lost. And if I see even a 1% of blame on Mark Andre Fleury, I will, I will find where you live. I will start. Throwing they had hands. no on business getting to overtime. Like, no business okay, at all. Cam, Cam Talbot was good too, but like, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, my timeline was literally like, oh, Mark Andre, and I, I kept seeing gifts and I thought it was like, oh, this is the same save. It was a freaking different save every time. The one that Dmitry Filipovich posted that was just titled Sheesh. Sheesh. Oh, Remarkable. It's rem- it, like I've never seen that save is there that's Matrix level stuff. Yeah, there was a tweet that was like, this save is why people become goalies. Like, yeah. Mark Andre Fleury is he, first of all, like, if I had a vote, that's my Vesna winner. But, of course, the mm-hmm. GMs vote on that one, so it doesn't matter. And I'm sure they'll get it wrong because, obviously. They will. Um, the dumb. top three for me this year were 
um, Flurry Vasilevsky Hellebach. Yeah. Um, but Flurry to me, like, that's that's the guy. Like that that has 100%. to be the guy. And I think like he also won him and Leonard won the Jennings Trophy, which is the lowest goals against average. Mm-hmm. Um which is really kind of a team stat, but at the same time, you have to be a really good goalie. Um, and so, like, he was unbelievable. And Vegas doesn't have uh, Max Pacioretty right now. I wonder if he'll be available for game two. Um, Kirill Kaprizov is Kirill Kaprizov, and he was doing his thing. Um, I'm actually really excited for this because I think it'll be, um, I don't think it'll be high scoring, but I think it'll be entertaining because I think we've got. First of all, Marc-Andre Fleury has got a flair for the dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got like quiet stars, I would say. So you've got like Mark Stone and Shea Theodore and uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Joel Erickson Eck, Jonas mm-hmm. Brodeen. Like these are guys that we don't necessarily hear a ton about with the exception Jared of Mark Spurgeon, Stone. Guys like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And but they're like very quietly some of the best players out there. Like Mark Stone and Joel Erickson Eck should both be nominated for the Selkie this year. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, and neither look, one will be, no, they won't. I think, I think it'll, obviously I think this is going to be Vegas. I think they're just such a good team. Um, Ooh. but really, are you taking mini this? I, I think I like, I think it's mini and seven. Wow. I think it's going to be Vegas. Like I, I, I really believe in either that way. Team, I think this is a long series. I, Look, I hope it's so. It's a coin and flip the, for me. Like any day, you could tell me. Like, and the crazy all, thing if, too. Like, if oh, Flurry plays like that, I'll take Vegas. If he plays yeah. like that in every game, I will take Vegas. But because they're not going to not score. Yeah. Um, but even if he plays like a little less, um, I, I Minnesota won the season series this year. Like, I don't think that can be overlooked. Um, and I think Minnesota's like pretty underrated because a lot of people don't watch them because they have this like kind of tag for being like boring they were Um, but now they're not right and so i think a lot of people are going on that bias and so for me like i think this is the biggest coin flip series for me wow i look i think it'll be vegas but then again you look at the save that flurry made like you look at that crazy give and you go yeah that's an amazing save but the reason it had to be an amazing save is because kirill kaprizov pulled off an unbelievable move in like in tight that on any other goalie would have been an easy goal in a one goal game. So it's like, this is, I just love, I just love watching really skilled players who are somewhat in like Minnesota's not like a small market per se, because they're like hockey town. But like when it comes to actual like big markets, they're not a New York or anything. Exactly. But you put them on on the stage, you put them on the stage of the playoffs and we let to watch them shine. And, and I would, I can't wait to watch Kaprizov shine uh, moving forward here. All right. Colorado, St. Louis, not as done to say about this series on my end, other than Colorado's going to kick some ass. Um, yeah, and St. Louis is now without David Perron, who's their best player. That's slightly problematic. If David um, Perron's your best player, that's already slightly problematic. Well, no, so. he's like, first of all, Tarasenko is their best player, but yes. David Perron had a monster season. Like, yeah. that went super under the radar. Um, okay, so le- quickly, Philip Grubauer would be like my fourth choice for the Vesna. Mm-hmm. So they've got the advantage in net. Um, because I wouldn't be taking Jordan Bennington if my life depended on it. Um, on defense, <laughs> I don't even think we need to have that discussion because like Colorado's defense is 
like with Carolina the best in the league like their defense is disgusting and it should be like the fact that they have Kale McCarr and Devin Taves who will both be on Norris ballots this year should be illegal that's absurd Um, and we still haven't even mentioned Nathan McKinnon and they got (laughs) they got Devin Taves for two second round picks too like are you kidding me man yeah like I think this is either for nothing or for one like Colorado is going to go see you later goodbye but that second round series will be sick Mm -hmm. um but like Nathan McKinnon like he's just goodbye that's the best player in the series by seven miles and the next closest is Kale McCarr like that series is it should be a dominant series and if it isn't I'd have some serious concerns Oh yeah. All right. Speaking Especially of another, because St. Louis doesn't have Petrangelo anymore. Mm-hmm. But they got Tori Krug, who's exactly the same. So it'll be fine. <laughs> Extremely the same at playing defense. Yes. Yeah. Very. Um, all right. Will will be able to stop Nathan McKinnon. I am p- sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Speaking of uh, dominant series, we got Winnipeg and Edmonton. I don't think this is going to be close. Like I don't think Winnipeg has any chance with their dog shit decor of containing the Connor mcdavid leon dreisaitl juggernaut did he not have like 17 points in nine games against them or something like that like he they made good like day. for what for what the leafs did to edmonton because the leafs just every time they played edmonton they just beat the crap out of them the the oilers did to the jets and the senators but mainly no the no jets. no not the oilers not the, the oilers, oilers. Connor, oh, sorry, McDavid Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I thought you made you you scared me for a second. I thought I like said the completely wrong let's team not, name. No. Let's not pretend for a single second no. that anybody else. <laughs> no, but Tyson Berry, he's bringing stability to their back end. Ah, uh, yes, so. no noted good defender. Look, to me, the ultimate X factor in this series is Connor Hellebuck. If he returns oh, to yeah. what he was last year, that's a problem because that's a goaltender that can steal a series. However, and okay, to be fair, Winnipeg up front is w- like one of the best forward cores in the league. Like it's them in Toronto for me mm-hmm. in terms of depth. Um, so I think like Winnipeg's bottom, everything outside of Winnipeg's top line will run roughshod over Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from Darnell Nurse, they don't really have good defenders on Edmonton. Now, to be fair, they defend well as a team, and Connor McDavid has really stepped up his defensive game this year. Um, so, like as a team, Edmonton defends well. Uh, but do we need a refresher on what the save percentages were in the playoffs last year between Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen? Or do I, we remember? I mean, I think we remember. We can tell them if you'd like to. It's it's not. I don't, it's not I, it wasn't good. It was below nine hundred, and that's all you need to know. So for me, the I have Edmonton winning four two. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. The ultimate X factor is the goaltending, though, because if Mike Smith turns into a pumpkin and, and Connor, Connor Hellebuck, Hellebuck becomes turns the Hulk. into the Cinderella coach, yeah, that's a big problem. Because I don't even think McDavid can overcome that. If if Winnipeg Connor forwards, Hellebuck is the reason they're here. Yeah, like if Mike Smith turns into a pumpkin, Miko Koskinen has been a pumpkin all season, so we don't have to worry about that. But if Mike Smith turns into a pumpkin with the depth at, at forward that Winnipeg has, that's a huge issue. And if Connor Hellebuck even plays mediocre and Mike Smith is a pumpkin, Edmonton will lose. Because Connor McDavid, even if he scores 17 points in like seven he, games or whatever it takes. He can't stop the puck too. 
if you can't stop the puck, that's a huge issue. Like but he can't score and stop the puck at the same time. Like it's not possible. So they have to give him some support. Series. That's the only series I don't have money on because I am not touching anything having to do with Mike Smith. True. Good, good call. All right. And now the piece de resistance, the series that people actually care about Leafs Habs, man, the, the, the lifeblood of hockey right here. It's, it's been way too long since we've gotten a Leafs Habs playoff series. We were robbed of one in 93. We were, we were absolutely, thank you, Thanks, Carrie, Carrie Fraser. Fraser. Um, this look, Anything more than five games for for the Leafs here is a bit of a disappointment on my end. They should they should come out and steamroll this team. Yeah, in theory, absolutely. In theory, in theory, to me, anything more than like six games is acceptable because, like, as much as we haven't seen Carey Price like return to form, he was nasty in the playoffs last year for Montreal, and that cannot be forgotten. Um, and so. If if we get that carry price, it's likely a six game series. The other thing that people do is a lot of the Toronto Montreal games this year went to overtime because there is something. Even though Toronto categorically is the better team, yes. there is something about Toronto Montreal that even though they haven't played in the playoffs in a forty years, there is still that hatred there. And make like no mistake at all, if fans were in the building. For this series, oh. it would be the loudest either building has been in Ever. decades. Like we, we're, we're talking in out. over two decades. We are missing this out is, so hard I, on that. This is like we could talk about pandemic and everything. The fact that fans can't be in the building for this is a huge failure on the government in terms of the vaccine rollout. Because if they would have gotten their shit together, we'd be in the building. It's and I'm getting my vaccine tomorrow. Access, to tickets on both the Leafs side yeah. and the Montreal side, you and I would actually be in the building. And so yeah, for you're me, fucking like, bringing me to that game. You know you are. Oh yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we covered last week what my connection to the Habs were. Yeah, and but that doesn't mean you know what's super crazy though is my stepfather what? is a Richard, and he cheers for the Leafs. Wow, Judas! We have a Judas on the other hand. Because All right. he, like he wasn't around for. Yeah, like he, no, he I, was, I get it. He was born here, kind of thing. But to me, like, I actually think this is going to be a, a crazy series. I think Montreal is going to trap their way, kind of try to trap yeah. their way to victory, which is so fucking boring, and I hate it. Yep. Um, If Austin Matthews decides and Mitch Marner decides they're going uh, boogeyman mode, that'll be a problem. Mm-hmm. Because Shea Weber, <laughs> the Canadians accidentally tweeted a video of yep, Shea Weber yep. with a giant ass splint on his hand. So if I'm Wayne Simmons or anybody, like even Austin Matthews, I am slashing that hand because they're not going to call it. So you might as well do it. Uh, what I think the Leafs have picked up now is is what you can get away with in the playoffs. And that will be that will be of such huge value in a series against a chippy, trappy, you know, low skill team like Montreal. Um, it, it's yeah, I think this is I think like I, I know that you say could go to six because of Carey Price with the star power the Leafs have with with the role that they're on. Everyone's healthy. Like it's like they even have Riley Nash in the lineup now. Like it's every literally everyone's healthy. And he is like, I saw that, like, I was having this conversation with a few people and like, everyone's like, well, Galchenyuk has better overall impact. Okay. No. The issue, no, the issue we have here 
and I'm going to say this once and only once yeah. because I'm so sick and tired of hearing about it that I like I can't get it in 180 characters. Okay. The Leafs problem in the last few seasons, specifically in the playoffs, is two things. Apart from the goaltending, which we'll get to in a second. They aren't good enough defensively to shut the other team's players down is problem one. Two, they don't have enough players that know how to have success in the playoffs. What is Riley Nash? He is one of the best defensive forwards in the entire league. His defensive impacts are preposterous. Like, to the point where Evolving Wild, I believe, either last season or the season before, had him as a Selkie candidate. So there's your defensive shutdown situation. Two, that guy has played on teams named the Boston Bruins and the Columbus Blue Jackets of late. And Both if teams that knocked the Leafs out. And both teams, specifically the Bruins, know what you can and cannot do in the playoffs. And so for me, it is more valuable to have someone who is A, knowing what they can and can't do in the playoffs, and B, brings the defensive side of things than Alex Galchenyuk, who if he's in the top six, very valuable. He will not be there in the playoffs. And I don't trust him defensively. Yeah. And clearly neither does Sheldon Keefe. You know what the thing is, is it's, I'd much rather have too many good players than too few. If you look at the Leafs lineup from last year's playoff series, last year's game five, it yeah. is, I, it is abhorrent. You had oh, Martin Marincin on the second pair and people are going to be Oh quibbling. my God, please don't remind me of that. Like you had, you, you have people quibbling about like whether or not, you know, like Dermot should be in or, or, or Bogosian should be in because Dermot's probably going to get scratched. Um, the first game with with Sandine well, Sandine's in the lineup. on PP1, so exactly, which is where but, he should be. But if anything happens to these guys, you ha- you're able to slot in Travis Dermott, or you're able, or if anything happens to anyone up front, you're able to slot in Alex Galchenyuk or Nick you know, Robertson, or Nick Robertson as a nuclear option, or, or a litany of any of these guys. Like you have so many, like lit- like honestly, I know I know he's been like bent, you know, like derided because he hasn't really like been able to stick, but he's a decent NHL player. Like if anything happens, if you literally lose like six dudes. You still are able to put like Nick Patan in the lineup, who is a NHL player. Like, like we're talking about a team that has the ability. Let's say three guys get hurt by yeah. some crazy. Let's say three guys get hurt. Your next three guys are Galchenyuk, Robertson, and Pierre Engvall. Like, like that all is, NHL those, players. All three of those players. And first of all, um, I don't know what Dominic Ducharme is doing, but. The Canadians' biggest issue is their ability to score, and he is planning on not playing Cole Caulfield, who is quite literally the only player that can score, he apart from Tyler you. Toffoli. Like, what are he you might doing? Hear you. Be quiet. He might hear you and put Caulfield in the lineup. Shh. It's, it's, like, it, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, okay, so you're just telling, like, you're telling Toronto what you're going to do by not playing Caulfield because you're telling them, okay, we know we can't score with you. So we're going to trap you. But to me, like, you have to play your best players. And so, like, Toronto has the option of putting in Pierre Engvall if any of the old guys need a break. Or Nick Robertson if if somebody in the top six gets hurt. Alex Galchenyuk. Like, they have that option. All three of those players would be playing for Montreal. And it is actually ridiculous to me that Kotkaniemi and Caulfield 
are going to start out of this series because to me, I'd have them pencil. Like, first of all, I'd have Cole Caulfield on the top power play unit because mm-hmm. special teams is a huge thing. And that's like, that's the guy. And so for me, like, I don't, I'm not really sure like what's going on there. Um, but like, let's make no mistake here. Toronto's third line could run rough shot over Montreal. Like, Oh and, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The only issue for Toronto, the only issue I have or concern is the goaltending of Toronto. Yes. Well, yeah, you can't like, I have been hurt too many times by goaltending performances in the playoffs when the Leafs goaltender should have been better than the other guys, the other side's goaltender and simply were not. You are describing the Frederick Anderson era. That's he's literally being the no, second even James to third. Reimer. That's true, yeah. But no, like, James Reimer was really good in that series. He he Okay, he but did when his it best. mattered, what happened? That's the thing. Is the Leafs goalies lead. can be good, but when yeah. it matters, yeah. what happens? And so for me, if if they get into a situation where the goalie has to be the best player, I would take Montreal because they have Jake Allen and Carey mm-hmm. Price. But now the Leafs have three dudes. They got Campbell, they got Anderson, they got Riddick. And I would take none of those players over yeah, either absolutely. Montreal goaltender, to be quite frank with you. What is your final prediction for this series? Give me the games. Uh, Toronto 4-1. All right. All right, Rachel, we don't have a Kovalev shift. We've gone way over time, so we will end the show here. Do you have anything to say before I do our normal spiel? Do not get caught up in the minutia. Enjoy the fact yes. that your teams are in the playoffs. And if your team is expected, Toronto, uh, Carolina, Colorado, if your team is expected to make it out of this round and doesn't, then we can have a discussion. I do not want to see quibbling about the line combinations of defensive pairings after game one or two. I uh, like I'm straight up relax, enjoy the hockey because if it's anything like Tampa, Florida, just shh and be happy we have something that makes us happy. Preach it, sis. All right, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, literally any podcatcher you can possibly think of. Um, you can buy our merch at Redbubble, redbubble.com slash staff and craft shop. You can find us on Twitter at Rachel Dory is where Rachel is, at Mikey Stevens81 is where I am. Uh, at Staff Graph uh, is where um, the Staff and Graph podcast is. Rachel has one thing she wants to say. What is it, Rachel? Wear a mask and get vaccinated. There we go. Boom. I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow. I'm excited. Let's go. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, yes. And the last one. Oh, yeah. And of course, if you want to write us a review, that'd be fantastic. We love those positive reviews. Hit them up with us. And if and like I always say, if they're going to be negative, at least make them entertaining so we can laugh at you for being a dick. All right. Rachel. We will see, we, we will convene, reconvene. By the, uh, hey, by the time you're listening to this, the Leafs will still not have played because we record on Thursday, probably before the game, which no, is a bummer. No, we will record after the game on Thursday. Okay, so by the, time, by the time you listen to this next podcast on Friday, we will be talking about some Leafs playoff action along with a litany of other playoff action. It's going to be a fun time.